what price points have been moving the strongest in Perth. There's been a 6.4% increase in the lower 25th percentile. The middle sort of price points have increased by 5.9% and the upper end price points have increased by 3.9%. And that's going to quarter. We're starting to approach our highs that we've had in 2014 and 2005. We're still a bit of the ways off it, but we're certainly getting close to those levels. Welcome to Perth Property Insider, where you will learn how to grow your wealth and improve your life using Perth Property. Our show is brought to you by Investors Edge Real Estate, the highly rated and award-winning property management, sales and buyers agency servicing the whole of Perth. Now, here's your host, Jared Mann. G'day and welcome to my Perth Property Market Update. I'm Jared Mann, and today I'm really excited to bring you my insights on the sale market, the rental market, the drivers for each, my actions to consider and my crystal ball for the year ahead. And let me start out by saying that it's been the absolute hottest market I've ever seen for Perth. In my 15 years of being a real estate agent and my 20 years as being an investor, it's definitely the hottest I've ever seen. I'm going to take you through all the ins and outs and what I am predicting for the year ahead. So let's go straight into the sale market, shall we? The number of properties for sale is at 3,864, which is the tightest level that is on record, certainly ever since I've been keeping records and I believe since Ree was been keeping them as well. So we've had a 46.8% decrease in that supply over the last year. So the market has tightened up significantly. Part of that is because Home buyers can't easily sell their properties and rent something in the meantime. They also can't sell subject to sale and make a purchase subject to sale on another property. So it's everything's really locked up because the rental market is keeping things so tight as well. Feeds back around and affects what happens in the sale market. And when we look at the number of properties that are getting sold each week, Despite there being around half the supply that we had a year ago, we're still maintaining similar levels in the number being sold each week to a a year ago. So that's driving down the inventory that we've got of available properties for purchase at the current rate that buyers securing them. So we've got just 1.16 months of inventory at the moment and that's decreased by 44% over the last year. So super tight market, which is going to keep pressure on prices increasing over the foreseeable future. When we look at what's been happening to the median house price, keep in mind this is just the top level sort of measure of price. means half homes are selling above, half the homes are selling below and it can be strongly skewed by the activity level. So with a lot more transactions happening towards the lower end, it's keeping the median house price skewed towards that. And over the last year, we've increased from approximately 550 into 2022, January 2022, to now being at 595,000. So that's our highest median house price on record now. We were last at our peak for median house price in 2014. And we're really not that much higher than where we were at that point. So we were at about 560, 570 in 2014. We're at 595 now. So that's why I still think we're so relatively undervalued compared to the other capitals, especially. 
and there's likely to be strong growth ahead in the next year certainly it is hard to often see beyond a year but the more that the east coast capitals grow and keep staying ahead of us the longer our runway is for the growth ahead but i'll go more into how we compare to those capitals in a minute when it comes to the median unit price we're sticking at relatively unchanged at 410k I am seeing a lot more activity in the unit side, and but there is a lot of pent-up supply of people that have wanted to sell. So that's still continuing to wash through and hasn't really led to strong increases in prices yet. But a lot of clients are getting out of properties that are units, especially higher density. They're changing over into better assets or they're you know decreasing debt ready for retirement. So it's not a bad time to consider getting out of a unit if those are your situation. When it comes to the median land price, we're at 260k at the moment, which is relatively unchanged. And there's very little volume of land being created and being sold still. Median selling days is eight days, which is the tightest level we've ever seen, certainly on record. And at one stage, it's crazy to look back. In 2019, we're up to something like 55 days on market for the average property to sell. So crazy that basically every property is selling in its first week at the moment. And what I'm seeing is around half the homes on our buyer that we're competing for on buyer's agency side are selling before their first time open. The other half are going to the first time open selling within a couple of days of that. And on when we're selling, when I'm selling for a property, I'm usually grouping all that interest together, going to the first time open, getting feedback, getting as much competition as possible, and then pushing the price up and selling within a couple of days as well. When it comes to the Perth rental market, we've got 1,996 properties for rent with a 1% increase since January 23. So just a marginal increase. We've basically got the same number of properties for rent as we had last year, which is super tight levels. The rental vacancy rate is unchanged on the same time last year, super tight at 0.5 of a percent. And when we look at the median rent for houses, we're at $600 per week and it's been at that level since around July last year, just threatening to push through that 600 barrier and I think it's going to happen very soon. There's been a 13.2% increase over the last year, so fairly impressive increase. When it comes to the rental inventory of how many months of supply we have, we've got just 0.71% and that's gone up marginally uh, over the last year, basically with it being that low, anything less than a month's crazy tight anyway. So nothing exciting to report there and it's really hard for tenants at the moment when they're changing over, especially if their properties are being sold finding another rental can be very stressful. We're doing all weekend to help them and a lot of tenants are moving around between our rentals but overall there's a lot less turnover of tenants with most people staying put if they don't have to move. Of course there's new migrants to the state that begin renting and start out in that area first before they buy and there's always uh, starting out renters getting their first place moving out from home and people need to move for other reasons so there's always turnover when it comes to our property clock let's take a look at what's happening around the capital cities perth's still in a rising market 
and this is Heron Todd White's property clock, which they release. And why I cover it is a lot of investors follow it. So it can almost become a self-fulfilling prophecy. We've got Sydney around in a rising market joining us now. We've got start of recovery for Brisbane. We've got Melbourne at its bottom of market and Adelaide is listed as being at its peak of market. So it's really notable that Brisbane, Melbourne and Sydney have all moved around out of the declining market very quickly. They're expecting growth this year as well. And as I mentioned earlier, if they continue to grow, I think it's just going to extend the runway of our growth and uh, make us even more relatively affordable and good value. So when it comes to the national property clock for units, Brisbane is supposedly around in a rising market for units. Perth's still labelled as rising market for units. We've got Melbourne at bottom of market and Sydney in rising market. When it comes to how is the overall property market faring, I thought it was very interesting just to look at the debt levels because we can get very caught up in the interest rates increasing and what are they doing. And for, for, for those of us with loans, it certainly matters because we feel the pain whenever there's even a marginal increase, especially those of us that have built out bigger portfolios and have lots of debt. But I saw the stats from CoreLogic and I thought I'd share them because in Australia, residential real estate has a total value of $10.3 trillion. I found it interesting that there's 11.1 million dwellings and the outstanding mortgage debt across all real estate, I believe, including $1.3 trillion of commercial, is just $2.2 trillion. So that is well less than a 20% loan-to-value ratio across the total value of real estate and goes to show that the vast majority of property out there, those around 80%, doesn't have any mortgage debt on it. So you'd have to say by looking at that that we're certainly not leveraged too much and you know, there's not that many owners of properties that are necessarily being impacted by rising interest rates. So around 80% won't feel any impact if they don't have a loan on their property. That's not to say the 20% of us with loans aren't doing it difficult, but it goes to show that that blunt tool of raising interest rates isn't going to have an impact on the majority of the housing market, the 80% that don't have loans. So let's take a look at the other stats from CoreLogic to compare how the capitals are going against each other. The three-month changes, we've seen Perth with the strongest three-month change at 5.1%, Adelaide with 3.7%, Brisbane with 3.7%, then Melbourne's had a marginal decrease of 02 and Sydney with the increase of 0.8. When we look at the 12-month changes and how the capitals fare, Perth was the strongest increase in price with 15.2%, Adelaide with 8.8%, Brisbane with 13.1%, which is the second highest, Melbourne with 3.5%, and Sydney with 11.1%. So Perth topped the growth there over the last 12 months. And when we look into the capital cities and see over the last three months to December, 
what price points have been moving the strongest in Perth? There's been a 6.4% increase in the lower 25th percentile. The middle sort of price points have increased by 5.9% and the upper end uh, price points have increased by 3.9%. And that's in a quarter. So very strong across the board there. And if you annualised out that lower uh, percentile growth at 6.4, that's you know on track for 24, 25% growth if it continued at that rate. So very strong growth happening at, in the lower end at the moment. It's spreading to the middle and it looks like the upper end is now increasing as well at a greater rate, shall I say. It never, never started to decrease, but it's increasing at a greater rate again. But what I'm seeing on the ground is with the lower end having all this action, it's making the middle price point seem relatively undervalued because when we go back to 2020, it started with our high end. When interest rates started, you know, activity and demand moved to the lower end, chasing affordability, investors moving more towards those stronger rental yields. Now the middle is going to, I think, be the sweet spot over the next year or so with the 600 to 900 to a mil, 600 to a mil sort of price bracket brackets, I think, going to be the hottest areas for growth coming up. We'll see if that transpires, won't we? When we look at the capital city rental yields, Perth still has the second strongest rental yield with a 4.6 yield and Darwin has increased its rental yield and is at 6.5%. A lot of uncertainty still there for price growth in Darwin and they've got the lowest median house price too. So Perth seems to be the safest overall bet if you want to offset more of your loan interest. The rental yields are slowly increasing in the other capitals as rents are increasing and house prices haven't been increasing by as much but perth still a strong outlier to get that extra bit to offset your loan interest now let's dive into some of the factors affecting our market i like to cover the economic clock even though things only loosely move to this and there's always markets within markets we're approximately somewhere between six and seven o'clock at the moment and that six o'clock is where we have falling real estate values and I'm talking about real estate at an Australia sort of wide level. The next step of the clock at number seven, seven o'clock is falling interest rates. So we're right on the door of that happening and then what usually precedes that is rising share prices on the other side of falling interest rates. So look for those things to happen and rising commodity prices then usually happens, you know, last out of the three three things. So I wouldn't be surprised over the next year if we see this play out and I'll go a bit further into the interest rate predictions in a moment. Well, that's going to be right now. <laughs> Our current um, cash rate is at 4.35 if you're watching the video you can see the graph we've had over the last six months just one increase rather in november 2023 by 0.25 so that's happened since i last came to you in september and when we look ahead at the interbank cash futures rate of what the asx australian stock exchange is expecting for interest rates to occur it's expecting a 0.45% decrease in rates over the last year and no further increase in rates. So that's where the majority of the market is expecting. So it's always worth noting 
their outlook. And we're currently sitting at the 4.35% above the band, which is typically the neutral cash rates, typically 2 to 3%. So you would expect that we will have some decreases at some point, but we're obviously waiting to make sure that inflation's under control. Go into inflation in a minute. Let's take a look at the homeowner lending by state. And this data is to November. And it gives us a feel for what segments of the market are driving things. Is the actual lending increasing, decreasing or staying steady? And when we look at WA, we can see that we've had an uptick over the last few months to November of homeowner lending. That doesn't include first home buyers. We've had more stronger increases in Queensland, Victoria and New South Wales. So, But relatively for, for WA, we've seen a pretty strong increase. So home buyers are continuing to drive our market here in Perth. When we look at the investor lending, we've actually seen a uptick in investors. It doesn't look to be as strong a uptick again as we're seeing in Queensland, Victoria and New South Wales. I mean, if you're a real estate agent here, all we're seeing is investors everywhere. So um, I'm surprised that the uptick's not stronger than this. So it just goes to show when we actually look at the stats that there could be much greater demand from investors still to come. And I've covered off in previous episodes that I think that's because a lot of the locals haven't yet joined the party when it comes to investing. But we're starting to approach our highs that we've had in uh, 2014 and 2005. We're still a bit of the ways off it, but we're, we're certainly getting close to those levels. And it'll be interesting to see what happens with investors over the next year. Now, when we look at the first home buyer lending by each of the states, we've seen a little uptick in all of the main states with Perth having its uptick in first home buyers, but it hasn't really moved into a new positive upward trend yet. So we'll see if this uptick continues, but it does seem that more first home buyers are now returning uh, to purchasing again. Now, when we look at the inflation levels, we've had a, when we look at the annual inflation by percentage, we've had a decrease to I believe we're at 5.4% now to September 23, but we were showing that our quarterly increase was 1.2%. And compared to the last quarter, which was at 0.8%, the our change for the quarter has actually increased. And even though our overall inflation for the year is down, it hasn't continued to slow at the rate that certainly the Reserve Bank would like. And if we annualise that 1.2% that we saw for the last quarter, would be at 4.8% for the year. And we're trying to hit the band of 22 to 3%. So you can see why the RBA chose to raise rates in November to try to squash and uh, keep the rate of inflation decreasing. So while it's encouraging to see our annual inflation having decreased, we need to keep seeing the quarterly inflation continue to decrease. And a lot of that inflation is mainly now coming from services. And you'd have to think that that is coming indirectly from wage increases. 
and uh, businesses needing to offset the increase in you know product costs and wage costs and everything all flowing through to what the services need to be charged out for so that's still not under control i don't think from what i can say now when we look at the all ordinaries for the stock market the asx we've had a continual sort of upward trend since october 2023 and we're getting back towards our previous high in around april 2023 and uh, we did have you know some fairly strong decreases from april to october so slowly drifting back up getting towards those previous highs and encouraging signs for the stock market a bit more confidence coming in there so I think when we think back to the economic clock, I'd expect once interest rates do start to decrease, the stock market will likely have more of a run on the back of those and that's going to come following those decreases in the interest rates. So when we look at the economic forecast for WA, they've actually been released for January. So I didn't update the slide, but the numbers and stats on the slide have been updated, just didn't update the hitting. We've had much stronger population growth than we ever thought. So we'd, we'd uh, had a forecast of 1.7% for the year, and we've ended up with 2.4%, so very strong. They're still expecting strong rates in the coming three years. Our state final demand and gross state product have all got strong forecasts ahead as well, slightly decreasing on where we're at now for the state final demand. But employment is expected to remain strong with the unemployment rate at the moment at 3.75 and only marginal increases expected next year to 4% and 4.25 the year after and 4.5 the year after that. So you'd think on the back of all those jobs, that's going to continue a lot of migrants moving here chasing our affordability and that's going to really underpin what happens in the housing market when we look at the iron ore price we've had a decent run over the last six months and we're certainly not at the relative highs that we had in uh, 2021 but it's still reasonably high which is a good sign for resources in wa we haven't had it crash or do anything um, bad that's going to threaten one of our strongest resources. Now, when we look at population growth, these are the stats to June 23. Western Australia had the strongest overall percentage of population growth with 3.1%. In Victoria was 2.7%, Queensland 2.6%, and ACT 2.2%. So, a significantly strong population growth to Western Australia. That was 86,800 people. And I'd previously have done some podcasts analysing population growth and what it would mean if we hit these kind of levels. It's far exceeded the levels that we've had in the past where we've had population growth highs. So it'll be interesting to see if this continues above forecast Thinking back to our previous slide, uh, they were still forecasting a 1.7% increase over the next financial year. So will it decrease or will it continue at this sort of level? We will see, but either way, it's going to be, it's predicted to be high. When we look at where are these uh, people all coming from, 
We've got overseas migration taking up the majority in uh, each of the states, but in WA, 61,000 came from overseas. And the only states that had interstate migration were Queensland and WA. So interesting that we're seeing some of the East Coasters moving across to our wonderful lifestyle that we've got in Perth. Now, tips to survive and thrive. Here's some actions to consider. I always say, regardless of the market, focus on buying quality without any major negatives. So you don't want to go, you know, accepting a negative that's going to be, you know, make the property really hard to rent or sell when the market changes. You, I also suggest you take the opportunity to get in now before more buyers wake up to Perth and confidence returns around interest rates showing that they've hit their peak and when they start decreasing that's certainly going to give a lot more investors that have been sitting on the sideline confidence to enter imagine there'd be some buyers that have been priced out that are waiting on the sidelines too so we're still great value buying here with the exceptional rental yields on offer speak to us about our buyers agency service for help with doing that getting we've made a lot of great purchases for clients across november and december and we've certainly been tapping into our network of sales agents and buyers agents to get some great buyers so get in touch with us if you want our help or at least to explore how we might be the right fit i'm expecting rents to continue to increase so make sure your property is kept in line if we're managing your property we will always keep it in line with market rate and give you the uh, the final decision on that i'd also consider getting our strategic portfolio plan to have clarity on how best to create wealth and reach your goals. So once you get that clarity, you can really start getting momentum and getting more motivation to hit your goals. Now, my crystal ball for the year ahead is that rents will continue to increase. I'm expecting a further 10% rise. Immigrants are favoring Perth, very attractive. We've seen all those population growth numbers. They're clearly coming to us because of our low house prices, great unemployment and attractive lifestyle. I'm expecting more investors to continue to buy because they're attracted to that rental yield as well as the good growth prospects over the next one to two years. And local investors are starting to join in. Welcome to the party. But still only the beginning stages of that. I'd expect 5 to 10% growth for inner and desirable areas and at least 10 to 15% growth over the next year for most outer areas. For further help, consider getting a complimentary sale appraisal. If you go to investorsedge.com.au slash appraisal, I sell all over Perth and do so through relationships. And for some people over the years, I've sold eight or nine times for, so I really love continuing the journey, continuing that relationship. So I don't specialize in a single suburb, but can help you wherever. For property management, get a custom quote. Go to our homepage, investorsedge.com.au. Make sure you join my property investor update to get our podcasts and get um, access to suburb market reports at investorsedge.com.au slash join. And of course, if you want details of our buyer's agency and strategic portfolio plans, head over to investorsedge.com.au slash invest. Thanks for joining me. If you've uh, enjoyed this episode, I'd really love it if you could post a review on iTunes or give us a rating on Spotify. Share this with one of your friends that you think it might help or in some of the groups or forums. I really appreciate that. And thanks for tuning in. I'll catch you on the next one. Just a reminder, the information discussed in this podcast is general in nature. 
as we don't know your specific situation, you should always seek professional advice before taking any action. For free market reports on your suburb of interest and other helpful resources to grow your wealth, make sure you join my property investor update at investorshedge.com.au slash join. And finally, make sure you're a member of our Perth Property Investment Facebook group. To be part of the conversation with other like-minded investors, get help to your questions, and get a feel for what's going on out there in the market. I'll see you in the group. Thank you.